Hi y'all, just real quick before this episode starts, this was a group conversation via Skype, so if the sound quality is a little sketchy, we apologize. It's not like that moving forward, just sometimes happens. Hope you enjoy! Welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have some special guests with us. You ladies want to introduce yourselves as well? I'm Tony. I'm Tammy's baby sister. And I am Tina. And I am the big sister. And we just, we had mentioned to you ladies, we had already recorded part one, so uh, this will be part two coming out and just kind of following up on what we discussed in maybe a little more detail. I know Sydney and I mentioned before in part one for everyone that has listened, you know, not a lot of media out there and there were a lot of questions left on just kind of the flow of things, which I'm sure you also have questions from our conversations. But we wanted to kind of, from your point of view, and and just tell us, I guess before we even dive in, tell us who Tammy was and, like, describe her as a person. I know I found a lot of very lovely things written about her um, on online from the memorial page and things like that that we shared in our part one. But I think it's really important to get an idea of who a person is when we tell their story. And I know better people would know than her sisters, right? You grew up with her. I grew up with her the longest. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still the baby sister. So, (laughs) Um, Tammy, from the time she was little, little, was very like adventurous and mischievous like she was always getting into stuff um she was an explorer she had this smile that was extremely infectious like it would just light up a room she was from the time she was little till the time she was an adult like this smile and her laugh never faded. It. I'm sorry. Tammy was always on the go. She. Um, I can remember when we were three. No, I was three. Tammy was three years older than me, so I was probably like two and a half, three. Tammy was probably five and a half, six. Um, the house we lived in when you walked in there was a hallway there was a step down into the living room and then like kind of circled around to the kitchen and then back to the hallway back to the living room and tammy and i would ride our bikes through the house and i would follow her um obviously being the baby sister i looked up to her a lot and so i would follow her riding the bikes through the house um i remember her changing my diaper on the kitchen floor when i was like two um we won't say how old I am now but I still remember that (laughs) 
Um, Tammy water skied. Um, if there's a rope swing, Tammy was on it. Yes. Um, jumping off a bridge, Tammy did it. She was definitely a daredevil. Um, no fear. And Tammy confronted fear. Um, growing up, she was always called her the partier. We always knew Tammy would have one kid. We would joke that Tammy was going to be the mom with her kid attached to her hip at the club. Um, Tammy went <laughs> out. She outdid us all. Tammy had five kids. She had four boys. Um, and she waited for a long time to finally have her daughter. Um, she was an amazing mom. And. An amazing mom. Amazing. She would do anything for her kids. Um, she got a lot of time with the kids the summer before. Um, they went down to this creek at their house, little river. Um, she had her four-year-old daughter on the rope swing. Raising her to be fearless just like her, huh? She <laughs> <One tucker>. is. <laughs> she, we always joke because she wanted a girl so bad, and all oh, that girl gave her a run for her money. And <laughs> now she's giving her dad a run for his money. <laughs> um, no matter what Tammy tried to do, to keep her out of the fridge, that girl was in the fridge and in the food. Don't turn around because that girl's in the fridge. Oh, um, so when you what? have six older brothers, I guess you kind of... Four older brothers. Six. Oh, that's right. <laughs> she knows she's got, um, she's got six older brothers and two older sisters. Her daughter does. So um, her daughter's dad has four other kids. Um, on top of Tammy's kids now. And she knew from get-go, if she wanted food, she's going to have to go get it now. Yeah, uh, she uh, sounds like a little firecracker, so that's good. <laughs> just like her mama. I was going to say, everything I read, that was, you know, really on par with what you're describing, Tammy. I think I have uh, notes <laughs> that... I think one person described her as being similar to, what was it? Energetic, outgoing, and a firecracker. Yes. <laughs> Were the notes yeah. I saw or I wrote down. So it definitely sounds like her daughter has got that in her too. <laughs> Most definitely. 100%. So tell us, and this is just kind of whatever you guys feel comfortable with. So Tell us the events that had tra transpired from your perspective and what you're comfortable with sharing on that tragic day. And I just, to preface that, and, and again, what you're comfortable with, we did go over, you know, some of the details and what little articles are out there. We just want to make sure that we uh, told the whole story. And I like I think we discussed before we recorded uh there was limited media interaction, especially at the end when you didn't want that at that point. And so we want to make sure if there's anything missing that we make sure we tell her fair story. Um, I'll kind of go first. Um, so Tammy lost her husband in 2000, 
12 to cancer. Um, he's the father of her three middle boys. Um, she kind of hit a rough patch after that. Um, I don't fault her in any way for anything she went through because Tammy was a phoenix. She rose from the ashes. She um, she went through a lot, and I can't, I still have my husband, so I can't equate to what she went through. Um, losing her is hard enough, and that's just my sister, not my life partner, not the parent of my kids that I'm raising my kids with. Um, she did hit a rough patch. The kids went into foster care. Um, and she got them back. She did what she needed to do and she got them back um, earlier than expected, actually. She, like I said, would do anything for her kids. They mean everything to her. Um, that day, um, I was, I'd actually made a cup for my mom with my great-grandmother's signature on it. And I was waiting for the lady to call me and tell me that it was ready so that I could call Tammy and Tina and be like, okay, I'm mailing it to mom. This is where we're going to meet and Zoom so we can see mom open it. Um, I got a call from my niece's dad's older daughter that day. And when I got the call, I was like, shit, Tammy lost the kids again. That was my first thought, and I feel horrible that when I saw her name come across my phone, that was what I thought. I much rather would have had that than the phone call we got. Yes, 100%. Um, so I was like, hey, what's up? And she was like, I don't know how to tell you this, girl. She's like, Tammy's gone. I was like, what do you mean Tammy's gone? Um, I don't remember much of the conversation. I remember falling to the floor. I remember screaming, no. After I finally got myself together, I was like, I have to call my mom. I called my mom and my mom was crying. So I knew she already knew. And I was like, Mom, I have to call Tina because she was with my my stepfather that raised us, who's like my dad. And I knew she was with my dad. I knew she was okay. So I was like, I have to call Tina. And I called Tina. And Tina was at work. And she picked up the phone and she's like, I'm at work. And I knew immediately she was going to hang up on me. And the only thing that could come out of my mouth was Tammy's dead. And she still hung up on me. Because my dad was calling and I was answering his call. And then he said, oh, I see Tony already got a hold of you. And I, because I had to take it out to the break room. Because I had... Um, I'm in a business office. So I took it out of the office into the break room so nobody else in the office could hear me. And 
I literally just dropped to my knees and I fell apart. Like, I honestly, I still can't believe this has happened and it's been almost two years. Um, after I got off the phone with Tina, she called back. I talked to my mom. We kind of, none of us really knew what was going on. All of the details. Um, I had gotten some details from her daughter's half-sister. My husband ended up booking my flight. I was um, still living in Minnesota at the time. My husband ended up booking me a flight that night. Um, I remember texting my instructors because I was in school and I was supposed to start. I had two classes that night. Um, I remember texting them and calling them and they're like, just take care of what you need to take care of. We'll catch you up when you get back. I ended up calling the lady that made the cup or messaging her and I was like, hey, is that done? Is there any way I can grab that? I have a family emergency. I'm going to see my mom tonight. And she said, yeah, it is. I'll put it outside for you. She's like, I hope everything's okay. I said, no, it's not. Thank you. She was murdered the day before my great-grandmother's birthday. And she had known about this cup that I was making for my mom. She actually yelled at me. And she was like, damn it, Tony, I hate you for making me cry. And I'd like for her to yell that at me again. It's fine. Um, I got on a plane. I got to my mom's. My dad picked me up from the airport. Got Tina had driven down to my mom's and we had gotten there. I had gotten there just after midnight and um, I told my mom, I was like, Tammy's supposed to be on a Zoom call with us to give you this cup. And we gave it to her um, and then spent, I don't, I don't know how we slept that night. Um, honestly, we did. And then the next day was calling, I remember calling Merced County Coroner's Office. Um, and I was like, my sister's there. Like, what do I have to, what do we do? Like, do we have to identify the body? Like, what do we do? And they're like, well, it would be the next of kin. We identify through other means. Like, we don't have a person identify the body. Um, and then I was, they're like, I said, well, she has five kids and he's like, oh, then it would be between the five kids. And I was like, hmm, they're minors except for one. He said, then it's the one child. Um, I don't know how we, I think he told me that they would release the body to the funeral home. So then we had to find a funeral home. I know we went out to her house that next day, um, which is where it happened, and talked to her kids and um, her daughter's dad and a couple of her friends, um, trying to gather the details. And the details we got from friends and the details and the police report of what he says aggravate me because, or I should say 
what the judge ultimately said in the sentencing along with the police report and then the details that we got from her friends um the judge had ultimately told us that um well one of his comments was he didn't really care to hear the victim impact statements from the family or friends um he said that we were raw to the situation um I did end up editing my victim impact statement on the stand and was said maybe we wouldn't be so raw if he would have got her help. I will never admit to him to his face. If he ever hears this, I will say I lied. Um, but I'm thankful that I know where she is. I know what happened. And I know who did it. Um, but if he ever asked me, I deny it. I won't give him any credit. I just, I want to interject and say I, I'm very appreciative on behalf of both Cindy and I, you know, and anyone who listens. I know this is really difficult. It's very hard for us, you know, to hear for you and, and our hearts hurt. And we appreciate you, you being here and kind of going through this all again. You did answer some of our future questions already, so I'm sure we'll go in more details. But I know, you know, I guess something Sydney and I talked about is, you know, I, I found an article when they first arrested him. And he was held on a very high bond or bail set. Um, and several charges were listed. Do either of you know what transpired were you consulted were you aware of what was going on no um actually one of the things that really pissed me off when i read the police report um they contacted her husband's brother her deceased husband's brother in this situation never once were we contacted by the police um, only when we went down to victim services with, um, her oldest son, did we get involved. Um, I had known where the kids were going to be placed. Initially, they were placed with a family friend, um, who ultimately tried to separate them. And they are all, um, the four minor children are now with her daughter's dad. Um, but we were never contacted. Um, my mother was never contacted. Tina was never contacted. I was never contacted. Um, but they contacted her deceased husband's brother. So that kind of aggravated me. And that's understandable. You guys are her family and her next of kin. And I am kind of shocked that they wouldn't even reach out and contact to uh, notify. Nope. Nope. Um, any contacting came from our end. They never, like, uh, the media went to the house initially and they talked to um, people that were at her house. Um, but they never, they did talk to her daughter's dad, but they never talked to anybody that was immediate family outside of her daughter's dad. That's extremely messed up. I guess I'm, like, in shock over here, like, that that's even how that they, they process that. 
there there's a lot that's frustrating yeah. about the case. Yeah. How they handled it and um his charges were extremely high at the beginning. Um the initial judge that we had did not agree with the charges that were reduced to. She no. was ready to sentence full maximum, but she was going into retirement. And um, so she was like, I will leave it in the hands of the, the judge. Next. That's t- yeah, the next judge. I fully believe that judge was paid off by somebody. I have not read the police report or the autopsy report yet because I cannot bring myself to do it. Um, I mean, I've made several copies of it for people like immediate family. Um, but I myself have not gone through it like Tony has. One of the other frustrating things is that he's, I believe in the police report, he said that he was drinking with her prior but in the autopsy her toxicology came back clean she had no alcohol or drugs in her system i'm not an autopsy tech so i don't know how much alcohol you have to have in your system to be to show up but i would think that if they were drinking it would show up in there I believe that is correct. And I think I've even heard reports on in various cases where you can even say, you know, they roughly had X amount of drinks in this long ago. You know what I mean? It's same thing. You, it's your blood alcohol level in your blood when it's tested. Well, I know like that night talking to her friend, her friend had texted her when she was leaving work. She had Tammy's car. And she was like, hey, I'm on my way. And she showed Tina and I these texts. Do you remember seeing him, Tina? Yes. And, hey, I'm on my way. Tammy asked her for to grab her food. Um, she said, okay. She shared her location with Tammy because that was something her and Tammy did. They always shared their location with each other when they were out and not at home together. And she said she knocked on the door to give Tammy her food. And this was around one o'clock in the morning, I believe. I think so. And I believe it was Jack in the box. And he opened her bedroom door and her friend said something to her. She mumbled to her friend, groaned something. I don't know. She responded mm-hmm. and um, sh- he took the food and then um, I don't know how much of it he ate, how much of it she ate, because I believe there was food in her stomach contents in the autopsy report I don't have it in front of me I'm sorry and then around I think it was like around two o'clock in the morning they left like he stated in the police report and this I'm so 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 thankful for is that I remember one of the boys saying that she said I love you before she left and I mean our family has always been huge on that we always I love you maybe we over say it I don't care. Like, 
she said it to him before she left. And then they got back at some time. I'm not sure what time they got back. At 6.02 that morning, her friend who had gotten her the food had got up to go to the bathroom. She was pregnant. There was baby shower cake left over from work in the kitchen. She got up to go to the bathroom. The bathroom was by Tammy's bedroom. And he was in the kitchen eating her baby shower cake. And Tammy's door was closed. She said usually she gets up, makes coffee. Her and Tammy lay in bed. Talk about life. Make sure the kids are on their shit. Doing what they're supposed to be doing. They were in, um, I think they were on distance learning still from COVID crap. And she said she walked to the bathroom and he stared at her the whole time she went to the bathroom and watched when she left the bathroom to make sure that she didn't go into Tammy's room. That's awful. And then do you know, like, around what time the police were called? So around 8 o'clock, one of her roommates got up. Her second son, he was 15 at the time, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Got him up to do his distance learning. He was at the kitchen table, checked into his first class. This waste of space came out of her room, locked the room, sat at the kitchen table for four hours talking to her son while she lay dead in her bed. And then he was like, or the... The roommate wanted to go to the dispensary or something. So he unlocked her bedroom door with a butter knife, grabbed his stuff and her wallet, and locked her bedroom door and took her roommate and her 15-year-old son to the store. The roommate went in the store, and while he, she was in there, he told my nephew... Gave him five bucks, said, oh, I'm hungry. Will you grab me a slice of pizza? And as soon as my nephew got out of the car and walked in the store, he took off in my sister's car. And he was like, are you kidding me? They ended up getting, I think that was around 11 or 12. And I believe her friend said it was like around one o'clock by the time they got back to the house. And... Her friend told her son, like, I don't know what the fuck's up with your mom. She won't answer her phone. She won't answer the door. She's like, I'm leaving. And he's like, well, that fucker just stole her car. And she was like, all right. And she left. And my nephew busted open the door. And he was like, mom, mom. And he he shook her foot. To get her to respond. And was like. Oh my god he fucking killed her. I've heard that. The four youngest have all. All saw her. But then I've heard that. Maybe they haven't all seen her. Didn't all see her. And I don't. It's not something I want to ask them. I don't want to be like. Hey did you see your mom dead on the bed? Right. So, I know for sure the 15-year-old saw her. The 13-year-old and the 11-year-old, I'm, 
the 13 year old I'm not 100% on um the 11 year old did see her and I'm pretty sure the four-year-old did Mm -hmm. and oh my god my heart right now and that's why I think Sydney and I talked about it when we were recording too because we didn't really know how those events transpired and that that is awful and our hearts hurt for you and your family and her children it's horrible um so I think at that point that's when they called the police I don't know who initially made the call um I know my nephews called their sister's half-sister, the one that had called me, they're the ones that called her. But I don't know at exactly what time it was. And I think they put on her death certificate, they just put the time of death when they got there. Well, thank you for telling us this all. And like I said before, I know this is a really difficult subject and to kind of dive into. I know this is really tough for you ladies. So we appreciate it. I know Sydney and I talked about, uh, you know, some other things that have come out. Sid, I'll let you kind of dive into that. Um, so I know, Tony, we've spoken multiple times on Instagram. And how we kind of first started talking was you wanted us to share that post. Um, so I know on that post, there's those additional charges that he's facing. So how did it come to be that, you know, you guys learned about those new charges or do you, do you know details about them or they kind of transpired somewhere in the meantime? Um, somebody actually sent it to her daughter's dad and he sent it to me. He sent it to my mom. He sent it to Tina. He sent it. We have a group chat with some of her friends. Um, he sent it to that. Initially, we had thought that he got out and that he was rearrested. Um, I've had to do a lot of digging. Um, where is he? He's in Madera County now. So he was transported. He got from my sister's sentencing. He got transported to Wasco State Prison in Southern California. And he got extradited back up to Madera County. Um, I've done some digging on Madera's website, like what I can get online. And it looks like these charges are from April of 2015. My thought is that they took his DNA in my sister's case and connected him to these rape charges. He is currently facing nine counts of rape, forcible rape, rape, sodomy, um, with and lewd and lascivious acts with a child under 10 and a child under 14. Mm-hmm. I don't know who these families are. Oh, how I wish I could be in that courtroom with these families because I would fight with those families as hard as I was fighting with Tammy because not only did he take Tammy from us, he turned her kids' worlds upside down. He turned our worlds upside down. He turned my kids' worlds upside down. Um, I know Tina's oldest daughter, only daughter, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tina's daughter um, was super, super close with her going growing up. And unfortunately, she was in the end stages of pregnancy and could not be there when all this was going down with Tammy. Not only has he fucked up all of our family, now he's done it to other people. And that's is so when I got sent it, I was trying to figure everything out. I'm the main contact for victim services in regards to Tammy's case. So I was contacting victim services and I was like, what the heck? How did he get out? And and I was like, okay, wait, I think we overreacted. <laughs> Thankfully, the lady that I text with is, is she knows me and she's, you know, I, I feel like we've gotten a pretty good bond going over Tammy's case. And I'm like, okay, I think I overreacted. He's not out, but like, what the heck? And she was like, uh good catch guys because I didn't even know about these charges I just started sharing that post tagging like a whole bunch of podcasters you guys started following me on Instagram and I was like who's this okay whatever I'll follow another podcast (laughs) fair Um, fair (laughs) but I like you guys I relate a lot I love you guys I finally got caught up on all of it um but I was like I need to, if I can't fight for Tammy anymore because he's already been sentenced for Tammy, I need to fight for these kids. I need to get his name out there. I need his name to be known. I need him to not slip through the cracks and get another slap on the wrist. For Tammy, he got seven years, four months, and is scheduled to get out in four. I think he is eligible for parole September of 2023. September 3rd, I believe. I think, Sydney, do you remember exactly? I think think it was next year we saw. He's eligible for parole September 4th because that's the day he got arrested. Um, 2023, and he's eligible for release on September 4th, 2024. Well, Uh, and one thing that really really bothered me was when we were in court and had I I had access to his like report before we went to court and before we did our victim impact statements, my statement would have been completely different because the judge said that it was involuntary manslaughter because she assisted in the act. Now, I know my sister and her and I talked all the time about all kinds of stuff. And I know for a fact that she never would have wrapped anything around her neck. No cords, no belts, no ropes, no scarves, no nothing around her neck. And she sure would not have put anything over her face. Because she did not like her face being covered, just like me, just like Tony. We are all the same in that aspect. So for him to say, oh, well, she's the one that wrapped the cord around her neck and put the pillow over her face, that is a flat-out lie. Like, that is not what happened. She never would have done that. And the other thing that frustrates me about that is, 
you're taking his word for it. Did you bring her back from the ashes and get her side of the story? Nope. Because well, I was going to say, not you as her family were never consulted with a plea deal or told, right? No. Nope. They just took what he said at face value. Yep. Yep. I actually had to leave the courtroom because I yelled at the judge and not pretty things. And then I don't blame him. I don't blame him. (laughs) And while I was actually out outside of the courtroom, officers came to guard me because they were protecting him. Him. Actually, um, so Tammy has a grandson. And his mom is like a daughter to her. You, she if you would have asked Tammy, that's her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she loved her like her own. Whenever there were issues between her and my nephew, Tammy didn't take sides. Tammy would talk to her and she would be like, yeah, he's got to get his shit together or Nah, you're not in the right in this situation. Like she level headed with her. It was never she never automatically hit taking side. her son's side. Right. And um as soon as the judge rattled off the first sentencing and said three years, she lost her shit in that courtroom. She was like, How are you gonna do our mom like that? And that's our mom and she was screaming and I walked out with her like she was so mad. We had four officers follow us out of the courtroom, like onto the sidewalk, making sure that we weren't going to do anything to him. When we read our victim impact statements, victim services told us there is a bailiff that never shows emotion and they yep. had to grab him tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, this waste of space was crying. And I was like, I see your tears. Where were they when they you weren't getting her help? Um, the judge was straight faced and looked at us like we were bothering him being there. Mm-hmm. If I if we would have had the police report prior to it, um, because three of her boys' dad was deceased. They get Social Security every month. He took Tammy from us on August 31st. On September 1st, her debit card reloaded with her boys' Social Security money. That is the money he was using while he was on the run. Had we known this prior when they sent me the thing asking if there was any financial responsibility that this waste of space has caused on us, aside from everything that I claimed from him, I would have claimed the boy's money. That was not his money to spend. That was not Tammy's money. Tammy used the boy's Social Security to take care of the boys, to put a roof over their head. To put food in their mouths. Yes. Yes. And these are teenage boys of her husband's. Like, they eat a lot. 
To put it in Tammy's words, I asked her one time, I go, what do you feed them? She goes, I feed them every stuff. (laughs) That was her response. They eat every stuff. (laughs) And all I could do was laugh because, oh my God, they're growing teenage boys. (laughs) They're tall and they just eat and eat and eat. And the 15-year-old told me, um, when we had saw him after this, he's like, I just passed up mom. He just got taller than her. Mm-hmm. And he now towers me. I'm an inch shorter than Tammy. And the 13-year-old, he's not 13 anymore. I think he's just about to hit my height. And I'm 5'9". So he was... And they're boys, so they're still growing. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, and their dad was also... 6'7". No, he was 6'5". 6'7". He was 6'7". Oh, my God. He was just a magnificent being. He was so tall and just... He was like, tall, he was tatted, he was bald, he was <laughs> in a room, and it was just like, oh, like, he was just a magnificent The angels are singing. Like, and him and Tammy were perfect together. And they made perfect babies. <sighs> they did. And now they're dancing and- together again. The only positive out of this is that Tammy and Aaron are together again. Yes. So I know Sydney talked about sharing the post and, you know, we have it pinned on Instagram and we keep posting on our stories and we want to make sure we get that out there. You know, I'm, I'm assuming in those cases going on right now, you two or any of your family have not been in communication with any of the prosecutors or detectives on those current charges, correct? Correct. No. Okay. And so I guess my question is call for action. You know, we want to to provide our listeners not only with Tammy's story and get it out there and, and hopefully we get this attention needed on this case and to make sure that he is held accountable and doesn't, you know, walk away. Is there anything else we can do? What can our listeners do? Anyone on social media? Do you just want this want this post shared and flooded? Because we'll keep doing it. We're it's getting there. <laughs> you guys are awesome at it. Yes, absolutely. Because you guys are gonna reach way more people than we could ever dream of. Yeah. And the more people out there who can see it, who find out about it can you know possibly fight and advocate to help keep this guy behind bars he doesn't deserve to be out in the public where he's going to do these unspeakable things to other families i can say that the ada that was fighting in tammy's case she tried to bring up his prior violent charges And this judge wanted nothing to do with them and said, nope, it's fine. He's not violent. I just want, and I'm sorry, I can't say his name. Waste of space is the nicest thing that I can publicly say about him. Um, But I just want attention brought to his name. I don't 
want these other families to have to suffer and get a slap on the wrist. I want them to look at Tammy's case and realize that he's not this nice, friendly person that this judge portrayed him as. Like, I want him to just stay behind bars. I, um, he created three very, very, four very, very angry boys. Um, her oldest son could not be in the courtroom. It was too much for him. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, it was him and mom. And if you ask him, he'll tell you he's doing fine. But he's not. He's Tammy's son through and through. And if you ask Tammy, she would tell you she's fine. I mm-hmm. got this. I got this. I'll get through this. She never asked for help. She never wanted to, in her words, burden, burden. else with her problems. And I, I think me and Tammy were in communication probably a little bit more than... Um, her, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but I know that her and I used to talk quite a bit, but after she lost her husband, she kind of just pushed everybody away at arm's length and just struggled to do things on her own. Even when she needed help, she never asked for help. She was a very strong, independent woman. And like for a, I guess several months before this happened, she had actually started getting back to being Tammy. the person that she was before. She was, you know, getting stuff handled and she was starting to thrive. And I think she was finally, finally actually starting to grieve and move on with her life. And then, and she was proud of herself. She was. And I think it, mom it still, a long time for that it did. Happen. I think mom still has the text that her car that he stole and wrecked. Um, she texted my mom. She was like, I got a car. She was so excited to finally have a decent running car like and she did it on her own on her own she was back working she was doing good her and the kids were at tammy is a water baby if there's water tammy's gonna be by it if you can get her in if you told her do you want to work today or go play on the boat tammy's on the boat um tammy sprained her neck twice oh wow Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, both times we're wakeboarding. Uh, the second time our grandma was with us. Our grandma was an ER nurse. Um, she put her on the back of on the kneeboard on the back of the boat. Um, we went to the ER um, with Tammy and my grandma on the back of the boat. Um, she's broken both arms. One of them three times. One of them two times. When she um, was. 
I don't even think you were here yet. I she was like three. Mom might have been pregnant with you. The stitches? No, no. She had um she was my my parents had a waterbed and she was jumping on the waterbed. Well, they had this huge like granite, white granite rock at the end of the bed next to a dresser. And Tammy had bounced herself off of the waterbed and she hit the rock. Well, my mom thought she hit her head, but she hit her arm. So, but she had turned like sheet white, but she wasn't complaining. She didn't cry. She didn't say that she was in pain at all, nothing. So my mom was like, well, let's just take her to the doctors and get her checked out just to be on the safe side because she doesn't look okay. So we took her and the doctor was like, he had her hand and he was like wiggling her wrist up and down and side to side and round to round. And he was touching it. And he's like, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? And she was like, no, 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 no. So then um, he was like, well, let's just get some x-rays just to be on the safe side. She had broken one bone all the way through and fractured the other one and was in a, it was, I think it was her left arm. I can't remember remember which arm. That's how mom found the doctor that delivered me. He's the one that did it. (laughs) Yes. And the, that was actually how we taught her her left from her right, because we were playing twister and we would be like left hand, cast hand or vice versa. But um, she was, oh my God, she was isn't, a devil. Isn't that when the doctor told mom, if this child ever tells you she's in pain, believe her? Yes. Bad. Yes. She's got, she had a really high pain tolerance. Very high pain tolerance. Well, Tammy sounds like she was an amazing woman and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I can speak for both of us here, but I am super grateful for you two being here and, and telling that and, you know, learning more about her and getting her out there, right, for people that don't know her. Uh, before we kind of wrap up, is there anything else you want to add, anything else we can do to help? Like I said, don't worry, we'll call for action. We will be sure we keep sharing the posts and getting as much attention as possible. We want to get this out there too and make sure, like, you said, you know, he's held accountable. He's he right. stays behind bars. Right. Yeah. Just just I appreciate you guys sharing it, talking with us, sharing her story. Um that's like more than I could have ever asked for. I honestly was just posting and tagging podcasts, like not thinking I was gonna get a response. Um, so I super appreciate it. I like The one thing my mom is afraid of is is that Tammy's going to get forgotten. We're not going to let that happen. Well, and we're here to tell more people about her that never met her, never met you. I mean, we're all over, right? I know you said you're in California now, Tony. I am not in California. Okay. (laughs) I am back out on the West Coast. Okay. But... So we got some West Coasters and some Midwesters, Midwesterners here and, you know, a bunch of different time zones. And we're going to keep 
telling this story and people can find it. You know, as long as you can find our podcast, they'll be able to listen and hear about who Tammy was. And hopefully that helps a little. But I know it'll never do enough justice to get who she was as a person and capture her. No. Well, I would like to say that I don't think that there was a person out there who met Tammy who didn't think she was absolutely amazing. She touched everybody's lives with her smile and her laugh and her bright blue eyes. She she was very special in so many ways. And I know one thing that like we've noticed is that we look at her picture. Um, she's the screensaver or the wallpaper on my phone. I think she's Tina's screensaver. She's on my mom's phone. Um, we look at pictures of her now and we're like, she's so beautiful. And I don't think I ever told her enough. I did. <laughs> I told her all the time. I did, but I don't think it was ever enough. I don't ever, I don't think she felt beautiful as she is. She didn't believe us. She, it, what Tony just said, she didn't believe us. We would tell her and tell her and tell her and she never, ever believed that what we were saying was true. But it was. She was amazing inside and out. Beautiful inside and out. Anything she couldn't do. Anything I thought I could do, Tammy could do 10 times better. 100%. <laughs> Anything. Could do, I mean, from baking to working on cars and everything in between. Sewing, crocheting, melting down crayons to make different crayons for her kid. Like she was amazing from A to Z and backwards and forwards and side to side. It she really sounds like the mom, the sister, the friend that everyone truly wants and deserved. And she truly sounds like an amazing, amazing person. She truly yeah. is. She is. is. Well, I know, I, again, thank you, ladies. I wanted to thank you because I know this isn't easy. And no. we'll make sure we get this out. Like I said, we're going to keep sharing. If you are listening to this episode, please, you know, share our posts. Like I said, in Instagram, Sydney has it pinned because... I, if you listen to us, you know I say Sydney handles all social media. I'm really <laughs> awful. And uh, so thank you, Sydney. I know she's constantly sharing the post. And I'll, I'll do my part to make sure I get on social media and share too. And, you know, we'll we'll get Tammy hopefully some, some justice in him being held accountable for these other cases. I know... Uh, everything didn't play out in this in this case the way we had hoped and you know it's what people fear and I'm very truly sorry you and your family have gone through this but hopefully we can do something about it thank you uh Sydney was there anything else you wanted to add before 
No, I'm I'm pretty sure you nailed everything on the head. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. I know it's been like a month coming, but truly from the bottom of my heart, like thank you. And I'm cannot even imagine, but I'm so happy to hear these great, wonderful stories about Tammy and hear more about her and keep sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, we will talk to you next week. Again, ladies, thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, for giving us a listen and listening to this episode with our guest speakers. As a reminder, you can check out and keep sharing this information on our social media pages. We want to bring as much attention to this case as possible. Our Facebook is Tacos and Tequila Podcast. Our Instagram is just Tacos and Tequila. We also have a website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com, has links to all our episodes, including this one and our sources, and we'll continuously share this information as well. And if you listened to this episode and you liked what you heard, make sure you leave a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, help us get noticed, and it's just really cool to see what you guys like. Absolutely. And uh, on that note, Sydney and I talked about it. Sorry to disappoint on this episode. I think we're going to leave it with no joke, in fact, (laughs) since uh, it was a little heavier and and a deeper feeling case than or episode than what we're used to. And I just think it's better to walk away now and not try to end on a lighter note. I think it's important that we all kind of feel what we feel. Yes, that was put very well. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> uh, and so we will talk to you all next week then. Bye. Bye.